Aloha, Crystal. Thanks for being here. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. Oh, I'm so glad to be here. I know it's a busy time for you. And I just really can't tell you how much I appreciate you making time for me and my listeners because I'm excited to talk about the topic of prayer with you. My audience is all over the map and their beliefs and their backgrounds. And yet it feels like we're in a time, I hate to say like the great equalizer time where we're all looking for something new and we feel compelled to reach out and to make sense of everything. And I think prayer is a big answer to that. So before we dive into prayer, I'd love to find out more about your personal journey and what led you to write your awesome book, The 28-Day Prayer Journey. Well, I um, come from a family with a great spiritual heritage, um, and I'm grateful for the faithfulness of grandparents and great-grandparents who shared with my parents and I'm aware what that means is that I'm aware of how things are supposed to be. I'm also aware Mm -hmm. when I'm not doing the things that I'm supposed to be doing, or at least doing them the the way I should be doing them. And prayer was one of those things. I was um, thinking about um, prayer a lot because my sister had written a book on prayer the same year she was in a movie about prayer. And I was reminded looking through some things of my grandmother's prayers for us. She would write prayers in a notebook and um, she'd ask me, um, about a prayer request one time. And she said, it's what's happening. And I gave her the update and she says, you have to give me the update because otherwise I don't know. And I can't cross it off my list. And she would just keep a spiral notebook and pray for her grandchildren. And I just thought that year, I've got to do a better job, not like in a legalistic way where I have to check a box, but just being consistent. So I'm not one of those people who has struggled to pray, to know what to say to God. I just, I've struggled with consistently showing up to talk to God at all. It's kind of mm-hmm. like, you know, remembering to do it when there's a need, remembering to do it because I'm prompted to do it, but not just doing it um, as a matter of practice. And the Bible does tell us to pray without ceasing. Um, and I just wasn't doing it. So what I said was I would do a little challenge on Instagram because this is back when Instagram was chronological and um, mm-hmm. I could post and know that my posts would be seen if people were online and were following me and, you know, stayed on long enough to do so. And so um, I said, I'm going to pray every day, multiple times a day. I'm going to write those prayers down um, and share them online. And if I tell people I will do it, I will, I will do it. So that was my kind of built in accountability (laughs) to make sure that I was doing what I wanted to do, what I needed to do. And I wasn't trying to write a book. I was just trying to um, hold myself accountable for doing something the way I wanted to do it, the way I I needed to do it. And that was to just do it with more consistency. And um, after 28 days posting six times a day, um, a few years later, somebody asked me about it and said, what'd you ever do with all that content? I said, well, what do you mean all that content? I just posted these little things. I said, yeah, but it was 28 days, six times a day. What are you going to do with all that content? I was like, huh, let me go look and see how many words are there. So that's kind of what, what happened and how it came to be where it is right now. Wow. That's awesome. I I love that. I love that story. I love that you went on this personal journey. I actually really appreciate this notion of spiritual heritage. I really like that. I until you spoke those words to me this morning, I don't think I really 
thought about that in that way with those words with my own parents and my own grandparents. That's awesome. And how wonderful of your grandma. <laughs> just, oh man, it makes me want to find an empty spiral notebook and start doing that for my own kids. Oh my gosh, man, you've already warmed my heart in the first four minutes. Thanks, Crystal. That's awesome. Well, I feel like praying is one of those things that we're supposed to know how to do already. Kind of like we go into motherhood sometimes feeling like we're supposed to know what to do in every situation that comes up with our kids, or we go into marriage feeling like we're supposed to know how to be a great wife, but that's just not the case for most of us. There seems like, it seems like there's like this learning curve. There's this information and support and resources that we need that a lot of us just aren't sure where to get those from. So I think that that is true for prayer too. And so do you mind if we start with the basics of prayer in this conversation, you know, especially for those of us who might be new to prayer, or who have this long standing hang up that we might not be doing it right, even though we were raised in the church. So what does prayer look and sound like to you? Well, I think that we need to understand prayer is a conversation. It is communication. Um, between you and God. God is a person. And I think when we can start taking off what many of us have learned to put on, not that it's bad, mm-hmm. but that it can be more basic. Um, yes, there's great liter- liturgy for many of us around prayer from years of listening to other people pray or our thoughts about what prayer should be or from going to church and hearing and seeing other people pray. And that's great. Um, but Prayer for you when you talk to God does not have to be always this great liturgy. It doesn't have to be, you know, set aside for this one time of day where you're on your knees with the candle burning and the music playing. It can, it does not have to be, you know, fully formulaic, thought out and rhythmic and planned. It actually can just be, I had a thought and I want to mention that thought to God. It is more of an ongoing awareness of God's presence in your life and his willingness to listen and to talk to you um, and, and, it, and a willingness to engage with that. And when you understand that if you were dating a guy and you'd want to talk to him because you just want to talk to him. Um, and so you pick up the phone and you call with not much to say. So you say the little one thing that you wanted to say and then you hang up and you consider that worthy conversation because you wanted to talk to the person. Well, I think we need to just look at God the same way. Yeah, you can have a special date night and yes, you can have a special celebration for an anniversary, but don't you just want to close the day at the end of the evening with your spouse or, you know, talk to your boyfriend on the way home from work or, you know what I mean? Like that's how mm-hmm. we operate in the, in, in our humanity. And I think if we can say God is a person and we're humans and that kind of conversation he's interested in too, it just takes a little bit of, I think, the drama away from what many people say. I don't know what to say. Of course you do. You know what to say anytime you want to talk to somebody who you value your relationship with them with. I think the issue is we just stack on tradition and liturgy and then say we don't know what to say. But nowhere in the Bible did God say, you know, you have to pray this way, except Mm -hmm. the Lord's Prayer. And there's a lot of wiggle room in that for us to still hit some of those tenets and have good conversation with God, too. Mm, Thank you. Thank you for that. Because... To be honest, like to be just completely transparent and almost embarrassed, but it's true. I always kind of wondered if, you know, small 
asks during the day, things like, you know, I can use a little help here. <laughs> I just I don't know what that looks like, but I could use a little help. And then just trying to sort out the situation or just the other day on the beach, um, my husband and my girls were there and I was just so overcome with gratitude for my beautiful family and this peaceful moment that we got to have that I was just like, man, I am so grateful. Thank you so much. And I almost felt like this um, need to be like, I don't know what I did to deserve this and add on all this fluff, you know, instead of just being very direct with that, just very, like, that was the heart of my sentiment. That was the heart of my quick prayer of just like, thank you so much for all of this beauty. I am blown away and grateful and humbled. And then just kind of left it at that. And then I laid there on the beach, true story. And was like, was that enough? Did I say the right thing? (laughs) But that's the thing. I mean, you know, I think we are imposing on ourselves things that God Mm. is not imposing on us. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Thank you. You Thank you for that truth bomb. I mean, you're right. You're totally right. Just, we just, I mean, I think help me is a whole prayer. Um, You know, I I think that, you know, God, do you see what's happening? Or you got to be kidding me. Or thank you so much. Or you're so faithful. I think those are whole prayers. <laughs> Thank you. I think that again, when you are with someone you love, you don't always need to have a bunch of words. You know, yeah. it's it's an awareness of their presence, and it's a making room for their presence in your life, and um, then saying what needs to be said when it needs to be said. Um, mm. And I think the the idea of abiding with God. Yes, it involves reading God's word and meditating on his word, but it also involves being with, being with and um, acknowledging God's presence with me does not mean that I need to give a dissertation. You know, a thank you is acknowledging somebody's presence. I think about there have been times in my life that have been tough, right? So um, having a baby in the hospital for some reason or another difficult I remember my mother being with me and uh, in fact, um, a couple of years ago, I was in the hospital and I kept telling her not to come because I wasn't doing anything. The doctors weren't coming, you know, the latter part of the day. And I'd say, mom, you don't have to come. Nobody's, you know, nobody's here. Um, and I'm fine. I'm just sitting here, you know, reading a book. I'm fine. And she said, well, unless you're telling me I can't come, I'm just coming because I just want to be with you. And we didn't say a whole lot, but being with and the few things that were said, it was the sharing of withness that was the marking of relationship. Not that mm-hmm. we had to have a 20 minute, 30 minute, three hour conversation. It was just with and sharing time and space. And when we meditate mm-hmm. on God's word and we whisper those little short prayers and we're conscious of his goodness in our life, um, then I think that being withness, that's the that's the beauty of praying without ceasing, is it gives it gives birth to withness that the, that the lines of communication are always open. Um, and that's just good to know. I think about there being people in my life who I call them and I never know if I'm going to get them because they're busy or they may not always have their cell phone on them. And then there are the people in my life that because of the season that they're in, they always pick up the phone. And there's, there's a, there's a beauty of me knowing they're available. And uh, when we pray without ceasing, by whispering even those little prayers, there's a beauty in knowing that God is with us and that he's always available. 
And by practicing ongoing prayer, we get the gift of witness. Mm. <clears throat> so good. And it, I think what you just described to us also makes it possible for people who are new to prayer or, you know, hesitant about the idea of religion or God. And But there's something in them. There's this nagging. I see it. I see it a lot, especially with moms, where they feel like they're doing things alone. And I think that prayer and even just that acknowledgement and the thank you, I'm I'm so grateful. And or especially for moms, sometimes I need help. Um, just acknowledging that and having that constant line of communication or that option is just like that first step toward having a relationship with God when we're possibly hesitant to have it. But then we have these deep spiritual needs. You know, we have information at our fingertips to take care of our physical, mental, emotional needs all the time. But I think that one of the elements that's missing is the spiritual, which is why I'm super excited to talk with you about this and to talk about prayer um, because it's missing and we're not talking about it openly a lot of times in our general motherhood culture. So I'd love to speak a little bit about that with you because prayer can be a really healing activity for moms because of the feelings of support and release that come along with prayer. Like a lot of moms feel like they're mothering alone. You hear that all the time. I feel so alone. I feel like I'm by myself or they don't feel heard or they carry the burdens of their heart in silence, you know, things like worrying about our kids and wondering if we're enough. So how do you feel like prayer serves you in your motherhood journey? Oh, well, I always say that children didn't come with a manual. I think one of the reasons why, they don't is because, um, yes, we are all created in God's image. And so there wouldn't be one manual that could be one size fits all. But there is nothing, I think, that creates greater dependence on God um, apart from suffering than parenting. Amen. Amen. <laughs> um, because you just don't know what to do with this kid when you realize that you don't know what to do with this kid. And, you know, and mm-hmm. there is this constant, what do I do? How do I move forward? Um, because every kid is different. And um, while there are general principles that can guide you as a parent on um, the specifics for that kid in this particular season of that kid's life, um, getting help, you know, and, and we seek it from everywhere. We'll read the books, we'll have conversations with our spouse, we want mentors. But a lot of times I, th- I just think God is sitting there going, you know, I made them, right? Like You could totally ask me and I'd let you know how you should handle this. <laughs> and there are some God ideas for parenting that I think I've gotten because I paused to ask God what he wanted me to do in parenting this kid. Yes. Yes. God, the father, Mm -hmm. it's modeling parenting. You have somebody who you can, who can pinch it for you. And, you know, I just think that we don't give enough room and credence to prayer because again, it's not just about what we have to say to God. It's about how he wants to communicate with us and, and making the room to sit in the withness of God. Um, opens you up to the opportunity uh, that you have to experience him with you um, to know that he's pleased with the sacrifices that you're making and the time that you're Mm -hmm. doing it a lot yourself. Um, And I don't know Mm -hmm. how else to explain that other than just to say, when you, you know, believe um, in God and the Holy spirit lives in you, there are, there's peace that passes all understanding there's joy that overflows from a source that you aren't directly renewing. It's your time with God. And and when you are feeling alone and you realize because of the gift of prayer that you're not alone, 
it changes the game and how you move throughout your life. Mm-hmm. You're totally right. You're totally right. There is so much, like you said, unexplainable peace that comes with it. It just the handing over and just the the settled feeling that I have, I it's hard to put words to. It just feels like clarity and connection and peace and even in the midst of all the chaos and everything that's going on in the world, tuning out everything else and then tuning into that relationship with God and and prayer being the medium for which I do that is just awesome. And I know that a lot of moms listening will already have a prayer practice and understand that. And then some who are listening, who are curious and, and interested, and it might be new to them. I'm hoping that they can hear that and, and find a way to find that peace for themselves through prayer specifically. And I know that for a lot of us, it's like we do want an instruction manual of some kind. And I think your book is brilliant. And the setup of it with the morning, afternoon and night prompts is just doable. It immerses our day in a constant stream of holiness, if you will, and and that peace that comes with that constant connection and the, and the not ceasing that you mentioned, or at least that's how it felt to me. So mm-hmm. I work it into my day just to give moms an example. Um, Instead of doing, although when I was reading your book, it was really easy for me to just align the morning, afternoon and night with meals. And um, it was kind of funny, I actually found it easier to set boundaries with my little kids and keep them out of the kitchen um, for like the complex meals that they can't help with by being like mom's praying and cooking right now. So I need to like extra focus. So you all just go play. And it was good. It was easy for me to line it up with that. But one of the things I do because we have um, gardens and orchard and all of that is I have to water my plants. And so I have this water and worship time where I turn on my worship music and I water the plants. And I'm just so filled with peace in that moment of just marveling at not necessarily the food that I grew, but just the creation of everything around me. And Mm -hmm. that there is this co-creation element to the gardening and the watering and that I'm showing up and putting in this work. And then there's just this extra piece, though, that comes with making it my water and worship time. Um, And I I just love that your format, you know, for the people who don't have gardens or like don't don't want to take on that practice, you know, that the morning, afternoon and night format seems really intentional, as well as the 28 days are, are there, talk, talk with us about the timeline of the book and your intention behind the three times a day for 28 days. Sure. Well, the thing is, I wanted to do it for a month. And so I figured if we did it seven days a week for four weeks, we'd hit the 28. And the format mm-hmm. basically is where we take um, the acronym PRAY, praise and giving thanks, repentance, asking, yielding, surrender is another way to say that to remember the parts of prayer that we should include. It wasn't to say that all prayers need to have all parts and be equally as long. It was like, don't forget about this while you're praying. Mm. Um, And Jesus gave these parts of prayer as an example in Matthew six, to give thanks to God, you know, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Um, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so we started with that. Um, give us, you know, our, uh, forgive us our debts as we forget those debts of those who have trespassed against us. That's repentance. Um, and, and so you, you're going through it and you're seeing that, yes, Jesus said, give thanks and offer praise to God. Yes, repent, say you're sorry. Yes, ask for what you want. Ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Yield, surrender, surrender to God's way. 
And these four, I use the acronym PRAY. There are lots of prayer books out there that use other acronyms. There's a door, there's acts, there's other ones. Um, K. Arthur even has a book called Lord Teach Me to Pray in 28 Days. So we're not short of the resources. The, the thing here, though, is that what I was trying to say is just talk. Like, here yeah. are the things that keep in mind that are part of prayer, but don't, you don't have to hit them all. You don't have to hit them all at once. Um, you know, if you fall off and you realize, dang it, it's been two days since I prayed, start where you are. Um, but what, uh, what I also did is give um, readers prompts to pray. So if you are one of those people who struggles with words, start with this. And then if you read a small, small, super short little devotional thought, then um, then you, then you uh, get a, a, a lead in to pray and give you a phrase with a fill in the blank just to make it easy for those who struggle. But, but the thing is, when you're praying, you have to think about prayer as relationship. Again, I go back to God being a relational God. Because any relationship where you're only asking for something, that's not a balanced relationship. But any relationship where you're always saying you're sorry, there's something probably wrong with that relationship balance too. Any mm-hmm. relationship where you're only saying good things, so all you have to say is everything that they do is great, 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 great. You're probably not being honest and being authentic and transparent. And so when you think about our relationship, if I came to my husband in our relationship and always was asking him to do things on a honey, honeydew list, he'd probably get sick of that really fast. However, yeah. I come to him and I say, hey, you know, thank you so much. You've been doing such a great job just helping me keep the kitchen clean. I know we've just moved and there's constant trash. You just keep the trash can full or empty. And I really, really appreciate that. I'm so sorry for the other evening when I snapped at you. I'm just frustrated. I was, it was late. I was tired. You've been doing such a great job. And I, I just want you to know, I appreciate you. And I'm sorry for just kind of losing it the other night. I do have to tell you, though, when you take the trash out, do you mind using the 13-gallon uh, bags instead of the 33-gallon bags? Because that'll save us some money. But, you know, ultimately, I know you're doing the best that you can. And I trust you, you know, just to handle this. What I just did was walk through pray. I gave thanks. I said I was sorry. I told him what I wanted. And then I said, listen, but however we get there, I trust you. And when you think about relationship with God, it can mm-hmm. be that simple. You could do it all together. And some conversations you just ask. Some conversations you just say, I'm sorry. Some conversations you ask and then kneel. Some you praise and then repent. I mean, you know, it's kind of like putting a puzzle together. But the bottom line is this is healthy communication. It's not just prayer. It's healthy communication. And what God is saying um, to us as we hear what Jesus said to his disciples is, you know, listen, have our conversation be multidimensional. Don't just come and ask me for a bunch of stuff. I'm not the right. Santa Claus, but also tell me what you need, but don't forget to say you're sorry so that if you've offended me, we can clear the air. And I'm God. So every now and then you ought to thank me for something. And because I'm God, and I know the beginning from the end, I'm Alpha and Omega. You probably should tell me what you want and step back, step back and humbly say, but you know what? I'm sure you got it worked out. I trust you. And that kind of communication in part or in whole is what good, healthy communication is all about. Thanks, Crystal. Can your next book be about healthy communication? Because <laughs> I'm already listening. I already want that book. <laughs> so, that's awesome. That was a solid example, really. That was really good. And I actually super love that about your book, the co-creation element, the parallels for me, like because there is co-creation in prayer. And then you are inviting us with your book about prayer. There's entire pages to write in the book itself, right alongside your words, right alongside your ideas. 
And then your prompts are so open-ended too. And that's what I felt like they were. They were genuine prompts. It wasn't telling us what to think or what to say. It was just prompts of, hey, here's a topic to think about, some things to think about, and now it's your turn. Um, Because you can't necessarily, I feel like, just read your book and not accept that invitation to now co-create with God through prayer and just with you in this book. I mean, really well done. It reads and flows like a guided journal, which I absolutely love. And yeah, I can't tell you how much I, I love the format of your book. It's really well done. And thank you for tapping into the honesty piece of all of this too, because honesty and reflection, which to me is definitely part of prayer, not all of what prayer is, but there's the reflection element. Those two pieces, honesty and reflection are really missing from motherhood journey, from motherhood these days too. Like we need time to reflect. And we as moms are like, I don't have time to do anything. I don't have time to take a shower or brush my teeth or my coffee is always cold. And so we tell ourselves constantly, we don't have time to reflect. And then when we do have time, we're like, well, what do we do with this time? Mm -hmm. And then when it comes to prayer, I feel like a lot of times there is also the societal pressure for moms and women to be the good girls, you know, like always come to the table with the right thing to say and know exactly what to do. And, and prayer just busts that open and says, no, here's the space for you to sit and think and reflect and, and see the world and see God and see yourself and, and the relationship of all of it. And then it's like relationships, like what you're talking about. It never feels good unless there's the element of honesty. That's right. That's right. And the thing is, is when we come and we're not honest, we're not doing God or us any favors. One, he already knows. Absolutely. And two, yes. we're not any better off. I'm trying to pretend like how we really feel is not how we really feel. <laughs> right. Right. It's like coming to your friends with a story about your marriage and just say, well, yeah, things are great. It's fine. Blah, blah, blah. And we're like, great. We support you. Yeah, cool. And then they come to you and are like, yeah, it's really awesome. Everything's great. And we're like, yeah, still supporting you. And then they come to you and are like, actually, I'm getting a divorce. And (laughs) I am not in love with this person anymore. And all this. And we're like, yeah, great. We support you. And they're like, wow, I feel genuinely supported. Yeah, because you're coming to us with the truth and we support you. (laughs) It's just, we've been trying to do it, but we can't support you. It won't feel like genuine support if you're not being genuine with us. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's right. Mm. Let's talk about the other elements of prayer, the give and take part of it. Um, Again, there's so many motherhood parallels with this. It's like going to a mom's group and only taking, 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 and not giving. Other people are going to be irritated with you if you're just a taker. And it's like, if you're giving, 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 then you're just going to feel exhausted um, from all the giving and feeling like you're not getting anything back. So can you talk with us about that balance when it comes to prayer specifically? Yes. Well, I think that, you know, it goes back to giving thanks, praying, um, praising and giving thanks and then asking. And I think, um, you know, the Bible talks over and over again about how people who complain, it drives God crazy, right? He doesn't like grumbling. He doesn't like complaining. And the children of Israel, they had that really bad. You know, they spent a lot of energy after they begged God to get him out of Egypt and he got him out and then everything was wrong. No matter what happened, it was wrong. You know, he kept them alive. He kept them fed. 
but they weren't just like grateful. They were just constantly saying, this is jacked. Can you fix this? Oh my gosh. Now we have this problem. And um, it was obviously an issue. They wandered around for a long time because they couldn't figure out how to be obedient and to be grateful. And so I think that while God does want us to be honest, he wants us to balance that honesty with humility and gratitude. And I think if you just look around, uh, you know, don't think about Christianity, don't think about God, don't think about Jesus. Everybody in the world knows that gratitude is a big thing. You've got gratitude journals everywhere. I'm going to wake up every day and write, you know, say the three things that I'm grateful for because you know, and you have all kinds of people yes. talking about how it opens up the universe and all these different things. So gratitude is a thing, but it's not new. God said it first. When you realize that gratitude releases you of your innate tendency to hold on to what's wrong, to focus on what you would prefer and to not um, acknowledge what is going well. When you realize that gratitude helps you, yes, it's it's good for God to know you're grateful, but it also helps you. It helps you reframe your life. Um, we become closed fisted in holding on tight to things that um, we want to handle ourselves. We want to we want to see them get better. We want to control. Gratitude is a form of releasing. I'm grateful and I'm okay if these things don't exactly go the way that I want because there's so many other things that are going well and I'm grateful. And it's just a better mm-hmm. way to live. So when we come to God and we offer that, that gratitude, that is our offering. That is our that is our giving. And then when we come and we say, hey, we need something, he wants us to let him let him know. It just needs to be balanced. And I think practicing gratitude, mm-hmm. probably don't have to work to ask, but we do have to work to be grateful or to remember to be grateful. And I think that that's super important. Mm-hmm. I think that complaining can be replaced with gratitude and asking, like those two elements kind of um, shove complaining to the side a little bit, because that way you're feeling heard with the asking. But then also, like you said, opening your hands, opening your fists um, with the gratitude. So I I like that balance. I think that that might be key for part of it. And I also appreciate in your book how you point out, you know, asking for ourselves versus asking for family um, with the family Fridays and praying for your family. And there is that balance there too, with like giving things to God and then also praying for others and praying for ourselves and, and being grateful. It just, it's such a beautiful balance. And I really liked the family Fridays because it reminded me to pray for my relatives, like start there. And I actually was feeling kind of inspired to draw a family tree <laughs> and, and turn it into an art project of like a meditation and a prayer time for me, but also as a cheat sheet for all the family members that I have <laughs> to keep track of all of them, because there are so many, because when I started to make a list, I was like, this is really long, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm happy to pray for all of them. It's just, it's such a lovely reminder. Um, and I think that you help us figure out that balance um, in a really non-overwhelming way. So thank you for that. Yeah, yeah. An interesting part about prayer um, that I get asked about sometimes, especially for people who are new to the concept of prayer, is how do you notice the results of prayer in your life? Like we're very results-oriented culture and we want to know what we get out of prayer. And so I'm wondering... It seems so strange to say. It feels as as a person who prays, that seems like a strange thing to say. But I guess that is like the nuts and bolts of it, that there are results of our prayer. And I'm wondering what that looks like for you. Is it a feeling or a sign or a symbol? Or is it things like a windfall of money when 
finances are tight or is it like a bird or a flower that you notice randomly in your day and you feel like that's a sign? Well, I think that it's what you notice. And I think a lot of times we're going to ask for it and move on. You know, think about my children and they want a lot of things, but they're not always thinking about or being intentional about noticing what comes their way. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It is, um, it is a gift. um, Okay. So let me give you this example. So I, I mentioned to you earlier that we're in the middle of a move. And when we closed on the house while we were we had to do a drive-through closing, okay, because, you know, COVID-19. And while we were sitting in the car, because I brought my kids, and you know, I didn't know at the time we weren't going to get out of the car. I'm thinking they're going to get to see the whole experience. But while we're in the car, my youngest son sticks his foot in the middle console between the passenger seat and the driver's seat of the, of the car. And he said, Mom, look at my shoe. I said, what? He said, look at my shoe. He said, and he peeled back the, the toe, and it was kind of coming apart. The sole was coming separate, becoming separate from the shoe. And he said, mom, I just, uh, I just can't believe you haven't got any new shoes yet. I turned around and I smiled and then I stopped smiling. And then I said, I'm buying you a house. And I turned right back around. <laughs> and I was thinking, you're hyper-focusing on something. First of all, I can't do anything about that right now. Second of all, we're in the car buying a house. And that's kind of come a little thing where my kids will ask me something and I'll say, you know, mom, I mean, I can't believe we haven't eaten that. And I just look at them. And I don't say anything. I just look at them. And they go, oh, I know. You just bought us a house. I'm like, yep, I sure did. And a lot of times we are only paying attention to what's wrong and not working hard to pay attention to what's right. Um, because mm-hmm. if we pay attention to what's right, often those things are answers to prayer. So let's take our children, for example. Many of us prayed for our children. We wanted children. Mm-hmm. We wanted the marriage, but every day when we have those children, we're changing diapers, fixing food. We are operating in our answer to prayer. However, if we're not looking at it and choosing to notice it, we will only focus on what's wrong. Gosh, so many mouths to feed and I'm sick of making chicken or sick of making this or uh, if I could just sleep in. Not that those things you know, are not important and that you shouldn't sleep in every now and then. That's okay. But if you're looking for the answers to your prayer, you'll find them. So that's the first thing, is being intentional about noticing what's right in your life. The second thing is when you write down your prayer requests, uh, or when you have prayer requests, you should write them down. Because we're forgetful people. The Bible says we're like yes. sheep. Sheep forget. They forget who's really taking care of them. They forget the hand that feeds them. So I want to encourage you as you pray and have prayer requests. Write them down somewhere. Notebooks, file notebook, doesn't matter. Every now and then, just felt through. And you will be surprised at how many things you forgot to continue praying for, but God still answered. Mm. And the third thing that I would say is, sometimes when you're living in withness, getting back to that concept, you will be going through your life, minding your own business, and realize, I can't believe that happened. So years ago, I was in my 20s. I wanted to go to see the musical Rent. It was a Broadway play, came to Texas, tickets were expensive, tried to get my money together. But before I could get it all together, um, it sold out. So mm. I was uh, coming off of work and there was a Virgin record store near where I worked. So this is when, you know, record stores were still around. And I walked in and I was like, you know, I couldn't go to rent, but I'm going to listen to some of this recording um, from this musical. I'll just listen to it. And they had the headphones in the store and you could put the CD in and you could listen 
I'm literally standing there listening to Rent, looking at the cover. And this guy walks up to me and he says, that's a great play. I said, I've heard. I really, really wanted to go. He said, you know, they're in town right now. I said, I know. I was trying to get my money together and it sold out. And he said, well, let me tell you, it's one of the best plays I've ever been to. And I wished I could have gone tonight, but I had something come up in my family. I was just kind of killing time, waiting on that arrival time with them. But I have tickets. You're welcome to them. I never even prayed about it. I didn't actually say, Jesus, could you send somebody my way to give me some tickets to go see rent? Could you do that for me? I didn't pray about it. But every now and then, something that I didn't actually, like, for real pray about, yeah. it just lets me know he's listening. He's with me. He's watching. And he delights in giving me good things. And sometimes those good things involve a ticket to a Broadway musical. But most of the time, yeah. those good things are beautiful, a beautiful, perfect weather day when I plan to do something outside. Sometimes yeah. those good things are um, you know, a phone call from a friend on a day when I really needed to hear from somebody that loves me or that cares about me. And out of the blue, they call. Um, sometimes it works the other way where I'm in that witness with God. And it's impressed upon my heart to pick up my phone and text or call someone else. And they say, it's so funny that you called me. It's so weird that you called me just right now. So I was just sitting here feeling some kind of way. And then it's almost like God knew that I needed to hear from somebody. He did. And he impressed that upon my heart. So when you start looking for the ways that God is uh, blessing you, when you write them down so you have something to reference, and then when you are with God, praying without ceasing, you might be surprised at how he surprises you and how he includes you in his plan to surprise other people. So good. I'm just all the feels. <laughs> just, I got chills with your ticket story. And then as you were talking, it was so easy for me to reflect on moments that I was just so grateful, um, where it was just really obvious. And these feelings or these resolutions to things like just an example, one time, one time I'm married, let's get real. <laughs> one time my husband and I were having a minute. <laughs> And I, I was really overwhelmed at how it was going to go. And I wasn't sure what his reaction was going to be, or I felt like he was going to try to justify something that had happened. And I was really starting to worry about it. And then all of a sudden, um, during my water and worship session, if you will, like I'd gone out into the yard and was like, you know what, I just, I need to relax, obviously, and I'm not sure how to do that. And it's so funny to me in hindsight for me to be taking that on and just getting in my own way and refusing to ask for help. Or I was just, I want, it's almost like I wanted to stay stuck in that moment. And then a song came on, um, a Holy Spirit song. And it was like, you are welcome here. And I was like, hang on just one minute. <laughs> what if I just ask that the Holy Spirit be involved in this spat, if you will. And if I give up trying to clench my fists and maintain control and, and feel like I have to come to this conversation in my relationship with my husband and just really close fist, really just aggressive and, and sure that I was right. What if I invite the Holy Spirit into this situation and to speak to both of our hearts and soften both of them. And just what if I give it up? What if I give it up to God in this moment? And I did. And it was the most beautiful resolution I've ever had in my life. 
And that was my answer. That was my result of prayer, if you will. And then just, and, and you're right, the whole constant thing. So I stood out there in the yard for a long time um, because once I prayed about it, it was this instant peace where a moment before my fists were clenched and I was angry to my core. And it shows up in ways like that for me in the big ways, like the big moments like that, but then in the little ways too, like you said, with the tickets or, and I think we've all as moms, as friends, um, as women felt this um, press on our hearts to call somebody at a certain moment, or we have had that gifted to us too, where we are the ones on the receiving end of that of like, Hey, I was just thinking about you. Or like, you were the perfect person to call me in this moment. Thank you so much. And just acknowledging that. And with your example, and this talk of um, results, if you will, I'm filled with gratitude and like that immediately it's this beautiful cycle of asking and gratitude. And, and I know it seems really obvious, but I do feel like it's missing from our everyday. And I I appreciate that in your book, you encourage us to do that every day, all day, because it is doable and gratitude, just riding that wave of gratitude that I feel right now. um, It's very powerful. And it's everywhere. Like you said, it's in every other meme, I feel like, you know, every other inspirational quote of how transformative it is. And I was hoping that you'd be able to give us an example of a prayer of gratitude, something that listeners can hear and learn from if they haven't read your book yet. You know, I think that, you know, I, my biggest thing is just because I'm cerebral, I'm a thinker and I'm a doer is kind of what you described, slowing down to let God work. Like I work so hard. And sometimes I just think God is looking at me and saying, I'm so glad that you're willing to work hard. There is actually some work that I want to do on your behalf. And I'm Mm -hmm. not going to force you to let me do it, but I'm not going to do anything until you stop. (laughs) I mean, it's this idea of looking at your kids, especially when they're two, three years old and whatever they're doing, they want to do themselves. And you're like, I can help you with that. And I'm like, no, I can do it. No, I can do it. (laughs) And you're just Mm -hmm. like, okay, you know, and you wait until they're tired and then you move on in. Um, I was working really, really hard to find the right house. Um, And I'm going to give a couple of examples because I don't think everything that God does where he's working on our behalf means, you know, something physical and tangible or, um, you know, some kind of, financial blessing. But in this case, I never could have dreamed. I, I mean, I, it took everything on my wish list. Um, and we accidentally found it. <laughs> mm. And then when we, moved it, or when we were looking at the home, the couple had had the house on sale for a year and they had received other offers. In fact, the realtor told us that they had received other offers. But they were looking for a certain kind of family. And then the weekend that we put our offer on the home, they received other offers then that were higher than ours. And the realtor said, they really want you to have the house. They lived there for 20 years. They had seven children. They were a believing family. And they said, we want another family who believes what we believe to come into this home and to enjoy this house with their family as they raise their kids like we've enjoyed this house with our family. And here's the funny thing. After I heard the story, And I'm thinking, maybe this is our house. And 
you know, we're doing all the negotiations and what they were originally asking was nowhere near what we could do. I told them that and they said, we're just, just make an offer. Then I realized that she's been friends for 30 years with a mutual friend of mine. (laughs) And then I realized that they go to the church that gifted a church building to my church when my dad was pastoring in the beginning. And then I realized that um, I took a picture at the house of one of my children and sent it to um, a friend of mine who also homeschools. And she said, does that house belong to the so-and-sos? And I said, yeah. She said, well, she is my mother's best friend. <laughs> and when, oh, I, I, when I tell you like all of these things, it's just like all of these, all of these things and the house mm-hmm. that I dreamt about that I wanted that they did not accept our offer before that. And I knew it. I knew that this other house was but it was, you know, a solid 30 minutes away. I didn't know last year when I put an offer on it that my mom was going to die. Mm. And then I want to be closer to my dad. And so when I look up and I go, he held this house for me. Mm. I mean, you know what I mean? That's how it feels. Mm-hmm. He held this house for me. Mm-hmm. He had everything on my list because um, the house I really, really wanted. There were some things that we'd have to get in there and wait for five to 10 years to do. And um, it was just there. It was just there. So that's one example of how I've seen God work in my life. But I also remember the day my husband brought me lunch, as he did sometimes before we got married, he would bring me lunch. <laughs> and I told him, now, what do we do about this guy? Because he keeps bringing me lunch. He's this really nice guy. And I want to drag it along, you know. And the Lord said, look at your list. How am I going to give you everything that you've asked me for on your list? And you not recognize the gift when I put it right in front of me. So I went and I looked at my list. And everything on there was checked off. Hmm. I mean, there are times when God shows up and answers. And because we're not looking, we don't see it. And then there are times when we've been asking and he says no. And it's because he has something better. And then there are times when God says no and you still don't know why. I mentioned that my mother passed away. We prayed hard. Our church prayed hard. People all over the country prayed hard. People all over the world prayed hard. And we were so disappointed when she died. And so were so many people everywhere. And I would say to God, still say to God, how could you not have gotten glory from her passing away? And or or not passing away. How how could you know how would you you could have gotten so much glory from letting her live and from defying what the doctors said? And I still don't have an answer for that. But I have to say that you either choose to believe or you don't. And sometimes your belief is underscored by, wow, look at the house that he gave me. Or wow, look at the husband he gave me. Or wow, look at the children he gave me. Or wow, look at the opportunity he gave me to work from home. Or wow, look at this awesome community of fellowship that I have. Or awesome, look at the great neighbors that I have. Or thank you. Because you have provided for me in ways I didn't expect. And then sometimes that same God makes you go, I don't understand. Why am I waiting? Why did you say no? Why did you answer that way? Why are you allowing this to continue? Why me? And the bottom line is you either believe or you don't. And prayer is my active engagement in continuing to believe. Because I'm still talking to God that I don't always understand and that doesn't always give me answers that sometimes gives me blessings I didn't ask for 
that sometimes totally blesses me with exactly what I requested. But whether I understand him or whether I don't, whether I am clear about who he is and what he's doing, or whether I am clueless, do I still choose to believe he's God? And prayer is your active engagement in doing just that. Mm-hmm. But yeah. as any good parent knows, um, sometimes the things that you know your kids don't, and if you told them they wouldn't understand or they yes. couldn't handle it, and you telling them doesn't make it any better. <laughs> sometimes we get the gift of knowing with time. We go, oh, I get it. Um, and sometimes we don't. And just like I want my children to believe um, that no matter what they do or do not understand, that I am in their corner, I am for them, and that I love them. And mm-hmm. I really just want them to believe that. <laughs> mm-hmm. God wants the same thing from us. Thank you. That felt like a hug. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, man. There was a quote from your book that I was really struck by that I wanted to share with my listeners too. Um, It's on page 99 and it says, cultivating a heart of Thanksgiving goes a long way in determining how you will respond to whatever comes your way. Choosing to be grateful instead of slipping into complaints and negativity can shape the way your mind and heart interpret your circumstances. God instructs us in his word to give thanks, not only because it's the right thing to do, but because we are blessed in the process. Thanksgiving changes us. Mm -hmm. That is just so good and so true. And that's just a taste of all the awesomeness that you share with us in your book. As we end our conversation here, do you have any closing words of encouragement for mamas who want to either try praying or deepen their prayer practice? I would just say set the atmosphere to help it be a natural expression of your life. Meaning when my children were small and I wasn't able to, you know, have whatever I thought prayer should look like, my Bible, my pen by the chair, by the corner with the great view, the quiet morning and coffee. I mean, who got that? So (laughs) I would put scriptures and prayer requests on three by five cards inside of my kitchen cabinets, in my window, on the dashboard Mm -hmm. of my car, so that no matter where I went, there was scripture that I wanted to remember, prayers that I wanted to pray. Um, things that I wanted to keep top of mind. And it just kept me in the framework of remembering what was important. And so do what works for you. Um, put reminders on your phone, but don't feel like if you can't sit down and have that on your knees time, that you're not able to do it right. There is no right. If, if things were right, Jesus Christ would have come to earth and he would have been royalty. But that was not the goal. The goal was to save the world and to do it in the way that he had designed. And so whatever your life looks like, however it's designed, the goal is that you would glorify God and be used according to his purposes. And you can't do either one of those things without talking to him. So just set up your atmosphere to make it easy for you to remember that God, the God of the universe, the same God who created you and that has a plan for your life, actually wants to talk to you and would like to have you talk to him. Mm, So good. My listeners are going to want to connect with you more. Where can they find you? Um, everything Crystal is at crystalevanshurst.com. And Crystal is with a C-H and Hurst is with a U. <laughs> hmm. I will link to all of that in the show notes. Crystal, thank you so much. You have been so affirming and insightful. And yeah, I really have enjoyed our conversation, getting to know you better. I really love your book and I'll link to that in the show notes too. Thank you so much for your time and your insight and your wisdom. I really appreciate you. 
Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be with you today.